Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and my good buddy, Lauren Michaels Harris, the other half of the diversity duo is way, way, way under the weather today. So we may hear a little bit from him, but we probably won't hear a lot from him. Um, Today's episode is called One Breath at a Time, literally. Um, Our guest today is unbelievable. Um, She's a mom. Uh, She graduated from nursing school and um, she's in need of a double lung transplant and she's in her 30s. That's right. I said double lung transplant in her 30s. What do you think about that, Lauren? I feel so bad with my cold or whatever it is okay oh man i think i think it's food poisoning i know that chinese food i'm done with it yeah no more shrimp for lauren from wherever that's from i can't but uh a double lung transplant i didn't even know you could get a lung transplant i didn't either like i thought lungs were like the most important part like I know that you can take out a kidney, but I didn't know you could take out two lungs and put new lungs in there. So, oh. but we'll, we'll get into that wow. in a little bit. Now, normally in the beginning of the show, Lauren and I kind of give you um, a week in review of like what our daily lives have been like. Obviously, Lauren is experiencing some serious, uh, let's say, um, body bodily functions, I think is the, just, the polite term. Well, no. To be honest, it may not even be that that uh, food thing. I was in Miami speaking last week. It was so humid. I've never been there. It's really nice, but very humid. Um, very, very humid. And um, oh, I got some good news. Oh, give it to me. Guess where I got booked to speak last night? Uh, the White House. In October. No, um, but close. Romania. What? Yeah, I'm going in October. For International Children's Day. How exciting wow. is that, huh? So we're taking license for love across the pond then, huh? There you go. That's yeah. so cool. I know. That's I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank so you. check this out. So I have a very good fraternity brother. His name's Brad, right? And, you know, Save Homefront was open in 2016. We talked about it on Bathroom Moments. We, yeah. I think we talked it a little bit in our pilot episode. Well, one of the main inspirations for me that people know in any interviews that I've done is that my battle buddy, Rel Ravago IV, um, was killed in Iraq. And when he was killed in Iraq, I was working in receiving department during the day and I was working in um, loss prevention at night. And once I found out that Rel was gone, um, doing a duty that there's a very good chance if I would have been in Iraq, um, that I would have been doing, it, it, it was a life-changing moment. Um, and so I came to Nashville to pursue country music 
and stuff like that. And then, of course, that's ended up being an entertainment career of over 20 years in front of and behind the scenes with some of the most amazing people in the world. So we were working on a deal to where we were going to do some stuff with Americana the Chopper, um, which you can find more out about that at shfveterans.org. But um, long story short, that deal didn't work out. But because Brad is so consistent and so persistent, um, something else did work out. So on Sunday, my family is going to be honored by NASCAR and Coca-Cola. And Kyle Larson um, is going to be driving his race car with my battle buddy's name across the top of his windshield. And he's the guy most favored to win the race. So the whole entire race, you're going to see Specialist Rivago the whole entire time for 200 plus laps. Well, actually 600 laps because it's called the Coca-Cola 600. Yeah, that's hot. I like that. Isn't that dope? I'm just blown away. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, Are you going to be there in person? What's that? Are you going to be at the race? Yes. Not only are we going to be like the VIPs at the race to be able to represent REL, um, we're also going to get to meet Kyle Larson, the race car driver, um, who's going to be driving the car. And I think it's the number five car. Forgive me, NASCAR fans. I, I believe it's the number five car. I have brain damage, so I get my numbers mixed up all the time. But uh, very, very honored and excited uh, to be able to do that. And, you know, it just goes to show you that the value of integrity in your life is so important. It is just, it is absolutely important because, you know, I could have taken a selfish stance when the initial plans didn't work out. But, you know, Brad and I, we stayed focused. We realized that it was about REL over anything else. And, and look what came into fruition, right? So, so yeah, so that, that's going to be insanely exciting, especially for Dylan, because he's going to get to go, um, and, um, some other, uh, amazing people are going to go actually, um, our guest today who very rarely makes public appearances and you'll find out why, you know, once we get her in on the show, um, is also going to be able to be there too, because she is Brad's wife, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't normally say that kind of stuff on our shows, but the All Nut family uh, for me has just been absolutely inspiring for Linda and I. Um, Lindsay's journey has been just unbelievable. And to get to meet her in person and, and see how ferocious she is for life is just, it's, it's unbelievable. So a couple of things that I want to dive into, though, uh, because of the purpose of License for Love is you know, do we judge a book by its cover? And I think the answer to that is when we see outside appearance, especially uh, post uh, COVID-19, everybody freaks out if somebody coughs, if somebody sneezes. And whatever your position is on masks or whatever, like we're, we're not here to discuss that today, right? But what we are here to discuss is that perception is not always reality. And that's one of the big things that Lauren and I, when we started this podcast, that we wanted to focus on. And I had a great opportunity, and we'll be able to unpack it, you know, with Lindsay as well. But 
I had a great opportunity to discuss with her um, about what it's like to see life through her lens. And one of the things that came up that was just mind blowing for me was the stereotypes that she has to deal with and the prejudices that she has to deal with. You know, um, she burns. You know, I think it's five times more calories than we do or whatever. She'll be able to tell us that. But essentially what it is, is people will look at her sometimes because of what she deals with and think that, you know, there's there's something wrong with her. And when I say something wrong with her, I don't mean being like respectful of the fact that she has a life threatening disease, but that maybe she's, you know, uh, bulimic or maybe she's on drugs or maybe she, you know, just doesn't take care of herself or maybe she doesn't exercise or, ooh, that girl needs to eat a cheeseburger, those kinds of things. And I, I have a sneaky suspicion that there are a lot of women out there and, and men too um, that have to deal with these image issues, right? So imagine for a moment that not only do you have a life-threatening disease, meaning that your breathing capacity is half of everyone else, but now being a mom, you know, you, you have to you have to navigate whether people are are thinking that you're a sickly person of self-inflicted. You know, the pressure of that alone is just unbelievable, you know? Um, and and I've had to deal with those kinds of stereotypes in my life. You know, I, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm six foot three, I'm, I'm 220 pounds. And, you know, I wear my hats and my hat and my boots everywhere I go. And, you know, uh, not my radio voice, but my everyday voice is country bumpkin. Like the, the better you know me, the more country you know I am. And, uh, and there's stereotypes that come along with that, you know, especially in the political climate that we live right now. I mean, I literally had people say to me, oh, I bet you support this particular political party just because of the way that I look. And I think if there's one thing that Lauren and I wanna be able to accomplish on this show is for you to ask yourself, do I judge a book by its cover, right? And if you do, what's something you can do differently, right? Because here's some, some facts that are just absolutely unbelievable um, that, I, that I learned in my research. First and foremost, family stress, right? What causes it? So psychcentral.com, okay, if you, if you uh, toggle down on their site, which I'm doing right now, okay, it says... Parenting has always been a high-stress job. Add the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on children and adults, and parenting has become even more stressful than ever, okay? Now, check this out and see how you would think about this relationship between Lindsay and the life that she has to live just with the perspective of her as a parent. That's not as a wife. That's not as someone that, you know, is in the workforce, Um so trying to balance work and parenting, that right off the bat for any person, right, is difficult. Now imagine if you have half your lung capacity and you're dealing with all these stereotypes and you're dealing with all these prejudices from people, right? That adds even more stress. Um, carrying a new baby 
while trying to maintain previous responsibilities. Now, she's had this condition since preteen, I do believe, and we'll unpack that with her you know, here in just a minute. But imagine what it's like having children, right? And having to deal with this disease and having to deal with the stereotypes, right? So we're, we're really starting to see how the trend develops here. Um, the time and scheduling burden of driving children to school, activities, and more, okay? So imagine on any given day that you have a doctor's appointment, you have half the lung capacity of most people, and you still have to be able to parent, right? Like I'm reading through some of these things as being a father myself. And I mean, there are days, and I consider mine itself to be fairly healthy. I mean, I'm fermented in, you know, Jack Daniels and medium rare steak, but, you know, uh, outside of the scope of that, I consider myself to be um, fairly healthy. And so, interestingly enough, social isolation. You know, I, I know for a fact that if you deal with something like this and you have to be able to be laying in the bed, it sounds great, right? It sounds like, oh, I get to relax and all these other kind of things. But if you're anything like me, you know, uh, when you're alone, you're thinking about all the things that you need to be doing. So imagine if you don't have the energy to want to get out of bed, but you have to get out of bed because you have those responsibilities. And again, on top of those stereotypes, I so don't all have, you people I don't have to that. imagine that today. I'm saying I don't have to imagine it. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to what you're describing about Lindsay and to be real. I'm like, and you know, I'm sitting here going, Oh God, I'm dying. I'm dying. Oh, I can't take it. And I'm serious. My husband and I had a fight, um, which he says a fight is you looked at me wrong. That's not a fight to me, but I kind of did slam a door and all that because I'm a baby when I'm sick. I He said something last, he asked me last night, so why are you that? I said, I'm sick. And this morning he was like, you were rude. Just because we don't feel well doesn't mean you have, we have to speak to each other that way. So I'm sitting here and I'm going, wow, I only have whatever this is, a cold or whatever. It's no big deal. But look at what Lindsay has to deal with and not, and, and she can't, I bet you anything, I can't wait till she gets in here. I bet you there are times when she feels a lot worse than she lets on because she has to get stuff done. And I just, man, already she's got me feeling better. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I noticed the difference in the, the tone and the vitality in your voice. And so ironically, family stress one of the biggest ones, death or illness of a loved one. Mm. So where you or I go through, you know, this, this thing every now and then, this is right. every single day every of day. her life. Mm. So when we come back, we will get an opportunity to talk with the lady herself and get to pick her brain. And um, we're really excited to have her on. We're back in right after these messages. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride.
Hey, y'all, you're listening to License for Love, and our episode today is called One Breath at a Time, Literally. Um, we have an amazing guest uh, today, and I just want to read a little bit from the obatfoundation.com as her uh, a brief part of her bio, and then we're going to get her in here because Lorna and I have agreed. We're super excited to be able to talk to her and pick her brain. So uh, she was diagnosed with a chronic lung disease uh, called bronchiolitis. I know I'm probably messing that up. She can do a better job than me. Uh, when she was a preteen and spent many days in and out of hospitals growing up. She has never let her disease define who she is as a person, nor let it prohibit her dreams of attending nursing school and raising a family. Lindsay has been uh, and will continue to be followed by the polymeric doctors at the University of Kentucky Hospital for Management and Treatment. And recently, her and her family were informed the disease has progressed to the point of a double lung transplant, which will be required uh, moving forward. She will begin extensive testing in the next six months, and a transplant could occur within the next year or two. I love this quote that they have um, because they're a very spiritual family. Um, we are not necessarily a religious podcast. We love everybody here to be able to be uh, heard, but not necessarily agreed with. But given our guest, listen at this this uh, this scripture, Joshua one nine nine. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to License for Love, Miss Lindsay Allnut. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm great. How are you guys? Awesome. Oh, well, Lauren's dying and oh, uh, no. and uh, I'm, I'm uh, super excited um, for the weekend. So how are you doing today? How have you been feeling? Well, I'm just getting over a recent lung infection. So this past couple of weeks have been a little rocky, but otherwise we're doing good, hanging in there. That's awesome. So why don't you kind of, first of all, you, you've been backstage this whole time and um, been listening to, to Lauren and I kind of discuss you and, and our perspectives on some of these things. Do you think that we hit the nail on the head or is there anything like right off the bat that you didn't hear in the first 15 minutes that you're just dying to jump in on? I think you pretty much hit it right on the head. Right where yeah. we're at. So, so how many uh, how many calories do you take in a day? Do I take in almost yeah, three thousand? Like how much calories, are you eating? Almost three thousand calories a day. Holy cow! So, is that like a like a medical requirement? Like, there's a certain level that you have to maintain, or is that more of a like a personal choice? So, I meet with nutritionists and dietitians and all sorts of doctors. And that is actually a number that they came up with for me. And it's not quite 3000, but it's pretty close um, based on my breathing and how many calories I burn. So they're trying to get me to gain weight. And in order to do that, I have to consume more calories. Yeah, we're, we're an audio podcast. So for our listeners, just to kind of create that visual description, why don't you just give us, you know, uh, you don't have to tell your weight, but, you know, give how tall you are. Well, I'll share. I'm 5'3". Okay. I'm in my 30s. 
and I'm around 80 pounds. I normally don't share that, but I think it's relevant for what we're doing here today. Yeah, no, and I appreciate that. And, you know, obviously I have a strong Southern upbringing. So the two things you never ask a woman are number one, her age, and number two, her weight. It does right. not matter under any circumstances. So, wow. Um, just to put that into perspective. So you've had this since preteens, right? And so when we say preteens, are we talking like 12, 13 years old? So I actually was born with it, but okay. I wasn't diagnosed until I was around 12 or 13. Um, and I actually went in to have ear surgery and they put breathing tubes down. And when they pulled them up, they noticed I was having issues breathing. They noticed a lot of mucus. And that's when they started digging deeper to see what was wrong. And that's when I was diagnosed. Wow. And so as, as the years progressed, um, when did it really start to take a critical turn for you? Like, when did you know you were like, oh shit, like, you know, that this is, this is not, you know, ideal. That's a hard question. Honestly, probably in August of last year, um, it was the first time I met with the transplant team and I thought it was going to be, you know, just meet them just in case down the road, it was maybe something that we had to look into and it turned into this is happening and this is your life right now. So that's when it was very, very real, very, very fast. What, I mean, I know it's a lot to ask and, and, you know, if it gets, you know, one of our things on the show is, you know, you'll laugh, sometimes you'll cry, sometimes you'll say what the fuck, but like, you know, th this is a sincere moment when you heard those words given, you know, and we'll talk about, you know, all the roles that you have in your life. What, what was the first thought? My first thought was my family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I've never seen myself as a selfish kind of person. So my mind immediately said, what's my mom going to say? What about my daughter? Oh, what about my husband? You know, so I automatically started thinking about everybody else around me. Wow. Well, I mean, wow. Like that, that, that's not the answer that, that I necessarily expected. I mean, I think if something like that happened to me, um, my, my first thought would be, uh, it's kind of like from Deadpool, you know, like you're clowning. You know, like it's not real because it, it's, it is absolutely surreal. So then, then kind of what happened? I know you had to kind of unpack some of those conversations with your family, but when, when did you actually start to focus on yourself or do you? I think... You know, like that day leaving the transplant clinic, I was with my sister and we never shut up. Like we're always talking. And that ride home was very quiet. And on that ride home, you know, I was like questioning why is this happening to me? And then God kind of was just like, I've got you. It's fine. Wow. And I kind of at that point was like, okay, I have my army. I've got my family, my friends, my church. 
and I've got all these great people in my life. So we're going to do what we need to do and we're going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think there's a lot to be said about having that support network. The next thing that I, I really like to unpack with you is like, how, how are you often perceived? Because I know you and I talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, and you're getting awareness out for OBAT and stuff. And we'll talk about that, you know, in the, you know, in the next section, but what's it like for you? Like when, when you step out and, you know, are people looking at you funny? Like what, what's it like for you on a day-to-day basis in that interaction with people? Yeah. So a lot of times people see me and they of course notice I'm very thin um, and they, girl, you need to eat a cheeseburger. I hear that so many times. And if you only knew how many cheeseburgers I eat, you'd be impressed. <laughs> but, you know, they think I'm thin. They think they, I have people ask my mom, you know, is she anorexic? Is she bulimic? Is she on drugs? So I've heard all of those things. And I've always been, I've always been thin. So it's something that, you know, even from a younger age, people are asking my mom these things. And I think that's the biggest thing. And when I'm like, you know, I have a lung disease, when you say disease, they think it's physical. And with a lung disease, it's internal, so you can't see it. And I think that's why people struggle so much with understanding. Mm. So how how do you neutralize that, right? Like, do you, do you uh, passive aggressively, you know, uh, throw it off like, ha, 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 you know, that kind of thing? Or like, no, you need to eat, stop eating cheeseburgers or something. Or do you take like the more sincere approach where you're like, hey, you know, I, I need two lungs. So I'm burning all these calories. Like, and, and, how, and then the second part of that question is how, how does it make you feel or how does it inspire you to feel as a woman? When people ask, it depends on the person. Um, sometimes like if I'm in a crowd and somebody makes a comment and I just kind of overhear it, I don't address those. But if somebody is genuine and they're just asking and are concerned, then sure, I'm going to share my story and I'm going to tell them, you know, I do, I do eat, I do all of these things and I probably eat more than sometimes even a grown man. (laughs) Um, and I, I mean, explained 3,000 calories why. is a lot if you're not making it work in the gym. I think the national average is supposed to be like, what is it? A, is it a thousand or 2,000? I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm not, it's somewhere. I, in I there, could, I could use some nutrition advice. What's that? Yeah. So it just kind of depends on the person asking and how much they really want to know. Some people just make comments just to make comments. Um, and those, it's not really worth explaining or arguing because some people just don't want to hear what you have to say. They're just looking to bring somebody down. So that gets ignored. But the people that are genuine and want to listen and want to learn, of course, I'll open up. It's not always easy, but it's doable. Yeah. You know, there's a quote from this things uh, that that uh, Lex18.com did uh, around your area there in Kentucky. And there's this uh, amazing phrase that you said, on a good day, my breathing is maybe half of what yours may be. 
what what is your day like? Like, let's talk about being mom. Let's talk about, you know, being wife. Like, you know, like what, what are those duties like? And, and what is your inspiration to continue to manage that beyond the, uh, you know, I got to do what I got to do kind of thing, you know, like really inside of yourself, when are, when are those pushes to, to say, man, I, I really got to figure this out. So I think I've seen a lot of, a lot more of that recently. Um, you know, my daughter's bedroom is upstairs on the second floor. Some days I can't even walk up those steps without being just completely out of breath. And I'll sit at the top of the stairs, I'll catch my breath, and then I'll go in her room to even tell her good night. You know, she's 10. She's not going to want me to do that forever. But while she still does, I tell myself, get up those steps, no matter what it takes, get up those steps. And not every day is hard like that. But like I said, in the beginning of the show, you know, these past few weeks, I've had a lung infection. So I've been on really strong antibiotics. And the past few weeks have been a challenge. I mean, more so than normal. But these past few weeks, I've made it up those stairs every day to tell her goodnight. You know, some people don't even think about that. Yeah, because of the window, right? Like, you know, obviously the preteens happen and then the teenage years happen. And it's like, you know, mom and dad aren't like as relevant as what they used to be. But when they're younger, that reinforcement is so, so, so important. Um, girl, I got to tell you, like we started this podcast and it we've had some amazing guests on here so far. And it's like, this is the second time where I'm just speechless. So we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Lindsay about OBAT and probably dive in a little bit more of how that relationship works with her husband. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jacks and my good friend, Lauren Michaels Harris. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jacks. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jacks, and you're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jacks and Laura Michaels Harris. And the episode today is called One Breath at a Time, literally. And we have been speaking to Lindsay Allnut, who is in her 30s and needs a double lung transplant. Now, in the last section, if you didn't tune in there, um, we unpacked a little bit of what it was like, you know, of, of when she got the disease, um, stereotypes that she has to, to deal with because of the disease, and talked a little bit about her inspiration. This next half, what we really want to focus on and talk about is the OBAT Foundation, which stands for One Breath at a Time. Uh, Lindsay, where did you guys come up with that phrase? Because it, it couldn't be more on the nose and, and more inspiring. It's kind of crazy to think about it now. But the day that I was at transplant and they said, this is happening soon. On that drive home, I'm, I was telling myself one day at a time, one day at a time one breath at a time and i got home and my husband had already made a logo had already put on there one breath at a time 
which were my exact thoughts. And I hadn't even talked to him yet. So it's like we were on the same wavelength without even being in the same room, which was awesome. Well, I think it's interesting how something absolutely literal can translate to like something that people can identify with, you know? Um, when I say that, it's like, I, I remember the first time that I heard it. Um, OBAT Foundation for me was was a little strange because, you know, because I didn't really understand like the acronym. But when I heard one breath at a time and I'm thinking about you needing a double lung transplant, like in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't think that there's anything else that you could say. Um, so I totally butchered uh, the disease that, that you have to manage and, and endure on a daily basis. So for our listeners, can you give us the correct pronunciation and then sort of talk about like, is this a very common thing? Is it a rare thing? That sort of thing. Okay. So my lung disease is bronchiectasis and it is rare. Um, for a long time, the doctors thought maybe it was cystic fibrosis. Uh, as far as how it, how my lungs are and cystic fibrosis patients, um, which cystic fibrosis is rare as well. After further testing, that wasn't what it was. And, you know, mine is specific to the lungs, whereas cystic fibrosis affects other parts of the body as well. But, um, yeah, it just gets progressively worse all the time. When I get chronic lung infections, you know, that causes more damage to my lungs. So the overall goal is obviously to keep those infections to a minimum. And what, what can, I mean, what can cause the infections? Like, are you a girl in a bubble? Like literally, like you have to make sure that you're hermetically, hermetically, I don't know, Lauren, would, if Lauren was talking right now, he'd be making fun of me because I'm, I'm kind of like the, the blonde of the group sometimes, but um, what, like hermetically sealed in or, or can you, you know, can you live a pretty normal life? Well, I refuse to live in a bubble. I won't be the girl in the bubble. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, I dig it. So I'm just not that person. I like to get out. I love people. I don't get out as much as I would like to because I just don't feel up to it every day. But like when COVID happened, you know, that was a that was a big deal. Nobody really knew exactly what it was, what it was going to do to people. So we were all sent to work from home. And that's where I stayed. I mean, I didn't, my husband was going to the grocery store. I wasn't getting out with my kids. Um, we were trying to make sure that we reduced any risk factor there would have been at the time for me to get it because that could be, you know, a big deal. I mean, I don't know what else to yeah, say. About I mean, it. I mean, listen, like, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding and everyone has like a different opinion and everything else. But like yours, in my opinion, is absolutely one of those conditions that was, you know, COVID was very serious because of the, you know, the effects of it, the respiratory effects of it. Right. So w when it, when it all popped off, like for lack of a better phrase, were, I mean, how, how scared were you? Like, cause you, you seem like, you know, you come off as this 
you know, little firecracker. You know what I mean? Like I've talked to your husband, like, you know, like he's like, she's not going to do the podcast. And I'm like, she'll do the podcast for me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And so, you know, have you, have you always been that way or do you, I mean, you just steady as a rock all the time. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, I just keep going and doing and figure it out as I go. I mean, I don't try to, I am a little firecracker. I love my husband, but I do give him a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I try, I try to stay strong and push through whatever challenge that we have and do the best we can. But, you know, and I'm, I'm sure the listeners would agree with this, or at least some of them, you know, it, again, it's one of those things that just seems surreal, you know, that, that here you are, you know, facing, and I think it's fair to say mortality on a daily basis, right? Because one infection can go the wrong way. Right. Um, but yet you have this attitude of like, you know, the, what brings to mind is that Tim McGraw song, Live Like You Were Dying, you know? And man, I, I'm working so hard to, to crack it and get you to break down, but like you're, you're just so resilient. And, and I think what that says to me the most is that you're not full of shit, right? You, you truly believe in this philosophy that you're living on a daily basis. And, and in that philosophy, um, the, you don't see a plan B, right? You know, um, more of an intimate question, uh, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Um, but any thoughts of ever just laying down and calling it quits or, you know, um, any kind of ideations of no longer wanting to be here because I know that it's a hell of, hell of an endurance on a daily basis. I'm not going to call it a fight. Um, because when, when you talk about fight, you talk about winners and losers, right? And people that deal with disease and I've seen this in camp cancer documentaries and everything else, they don't want to hear that shit of the fight like a girl and and stuff like that like the reality is is that it's an endurance right it's a marathon not a sprint there's nothing that you can do other than the fact to exist manage and deal right is, is that fair to say yeah that is fair to say and i have had one time one day for a moment okay i it was a couple of days after the news with the transplant clinic, I came home, you know, I surrounded myself with my family. I put on my brave face and I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to get through this. It is what it is. But then a couple of days later, I was in the bath and, you know, my thoughts get the best of me like everybody else. And I'm like, is it worth it? Is it going to be worth all the pain that I'm going to have to go through? all of the you know the poking and the prodding and the mounds of doctors that you see i mean it's a lot yeah and no, i mean yeah keep i mean keep telling us those details because what my goal is is i want the people that are out there listening that look at you and say 
you need to eat a cheeseburger to to check themselves before they wreck themselves as lauren would say uh if if he was uh if he was chiming in right now um so please tell us more so you're in the bath yeah so i was in the bath and my thoughts kind of overcame me a little bit and i'm not a very emotional person i'm not a very open person um i don't cry very often and tears were rolling down my face and i'm like i can't do this anymore sorry no that's what this show's all about get it girl and in that same moment i started having those thoughts the song i can only imagine started playing in my mind and i'm like you know what i have a daughter i have my bonus kids my husband my mom my sister like it's not about me i mean yeah it's about me but it's my life isn't just mine anymore as soon as i decided to have children and have a husband and you know build all these relationships it's not always about me anymore so in those few moments i said you know what god's got this whatever is meant to happen is what's going to happen and i'm going to live every day like it's my last i'm going to love the people i love i'm going to encourage the ones that i can you know anybody's lives that might be changed because of my story i did something right <laughs> Whew, man make the old cowboy freaking tear up <laughs> on like national radio podcast holy crap Whew. you know what it you know i'm a suicide survivor and uh I, I realize, I mean, you know, what a, what a selfish action, um, that is and listening to you and having pretty, pretty much well, every reason that I would think of to check out, right. I'm, I'm tired, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much stress. It's too much pain. It's too much pain on the people around me. You know, uh, for me to put that into perspective of, of what I should have been thinking in that moment, uh, is just absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's no other, there's no other way to say it. Everything that you're saying is a thousand percent spot on of anyone regardless of their situation um of what they should think about themselves and the value of what they have around you so uh we talked about your husband brad and you mentioned something about having children of your own and bonus kids so how many children of your own names and ages and let's talk about the bonus uh aspect for a minute because that's even another layer on top of everything else. Yeah. So I have one biological daughter. She's 10. Her name's Jayla. And she's super jealous she's not here today. <laughs> <laughs> and I have two bonus kids. My husband's two kids. Um, Trinity is 18 and Clayton is 13. Awesome. And so 
for time time frame reference um when did you come into the bonuses kids life and then when did the obviously i think trinity and clayton clayton both came before right your own child so talk about what that was like and 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 how you elected to 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 take that on right well i think in order to fully understand that you need a little bit of background sure so brad and i grew up in the same we have the same hometown and we dated when i was in high school and he was in college well i was you know graduating high school was going off to college and i wasn't going to be tied down by somebody at home you know so we went our separate ways and we both got married and had kids um both got divorced um at different times and our paths crossed again and the rest is kind of history like you know his, his kids we've been married now for four years almost and everybody just meshes like jayla just fits right in with them they take into her um and i think it was just easy and where we're from the same town <laughs> hold, hold, hold on time out time out <laughs> you said easy right mm -hmm. like this is a woman that is dealing with all of what you're dealing with what you've shared with us and then you're going to throw out the word easy right like that is i mean it's definitely like I don't care what anyone else says to you who passes judgment or whatever what you do is exceptional <laughs> and and to take on other kids and to know that you're taking on those kids with what you've already had to deal with um we're absolutely going to have you back well i'm going to have to have you back on the show um so the obat uh foundation uh it's what's what's the actual website for our listeners it's theobatfoundation.com.com okay mm -hmm. and um any last thoughts about your experience today on license for love any kind of motivation or anything like that, that you want to be able to to give people out there that are listening today you know i would just encourage everybody that's going through something to reach out you know if you do have lung issues or you know need somebody to talk to to navigate through that or whatever it may be reach out whether it's to us at the obat foundation to a friend to to anybody just don't seclude yourself don't your thoughts can get the best of you if you don't talk about it you've got to let it out and we're here to help however we can whenever we can whatever the circumstance awesome well, Lindsay, on behalf of me and Lauren Michaels Harris, uh, I know he's he's back there listening and and holding on uh, for dear life today because of the the sickness that he's going through right now. So we send him healing and strength. But listen, it, it's been an absolute pleasure, and this is part one of a two part thing. Um, we're going to be able to get Brad's perspective at some point um, when his schedule slows down. Uh, Lindsay, I want to thank you so much. Uh, I'm Cowboy Jax uh, with my good friend Lauren Michaels Harris, and we'll be back after this break.
Hey y'all, you're listening to License for Love, and I'm Cowboy Jax with my good friend Lauren Michaels Harris. Man, oh man, what an episode today. Um, the episode was called One Breath at a Time, literally. And, you know, we had a woman on today that needs a double lung transplant that has bonus kids that, I mean, we didn't even get to unpack like everything about the foundation and everything else because the the message from someone that's in a position that that she's in, I think was so profound. So you can absolutely, you know, we'll have the the link for the, um, the website in the episode as it comes out. Um, man, I really would like to have Lauren's thoughts on this especially with you know what he's navigating today lauren i know you're you're there with us in the background you you think you can talk and say anything buddy oh poor guy is coughing his head off right now but it's not covid he took a test isn't that crazy that we live in a world now where it's like everything is like oh it's not covid sort of thing but uh just remarkable just a remarkable woman a remarkable journey and um and she's such a little thing no now how tall are you me yeah how tall are you i'm six and a half <laughs> i knew he's gonna throw that half in there um yeah <laughs> you know so you know, obviously the podcast is centered around, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. And the reason that we want to tell the stories of people like Lindsay is because of the fact that y you may be 100% healthy, right? And you may be looking as perception is reality. But when you listen to a woman's story like this, and the first thing in your mind is, oh, she needs a cheeseburger right? Or Ugh, she bulimic or on drugs or, or whatever the case may be. Now in the back of your mind, you can say, well, I think I was probably a horse's ass in that assessment because, you know, um, this person obviously is, and, and you miss out on an opportunity, right? So one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, to wrap up the show and my final thoughts is the cdc.gov, right? And it, and it talks about reducing stigma. Stigma is discrimination against an identifiable group of people, a place or nation, stigma associated with lack of knowledge, right? Um, in this case, it's particularly talking about COVID-19, um, but I think it relates across the board a need to blame someone, fears about a disease and death, and gossip that spreads rumors or myths, right? And we had someone on the show today that absolutely clarified that there are situations where uh, she absolutely is subject to this kind of a stigma. Um, just as an FYI, uh, right now in the country, you know, people of ethnic minority groups Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, Black African Americans, anyone that is actually from another island, for lack of a better phrase, or country outside of the United States, you know, people are sort of looking at these people the same way that, that Lindsay has been looked at. Um, other ones are frontline workers, uh, grocery store clerks, delivery driver, drivers, uh, people on a farm, and food processing plant workers. 
Um, and then when you know it, people with underlying health conditions that cause a cough. Folks, we've got to get to a place in this country to where we start to navigate the discourse, where we start to have conversations with each other instead of assumptions. We have to find a place that we see the value in our community neighbor, non-veteran, service member, or U.S. veteran. It's absolutely pivotal. You know, a good friend of mine said something to the effect of that you can talk about it all day, but what are you going to do about it? And so that's where I really urge you in the sense of tuning in to License for Love every Wednesday, right? Get over the hump with the new relationship conversation episode with the diversity duo. And, and honestly, help us to be able to spread this message of understanding. We don't necessarily have to agree with each other, but it is absolutely imperative that we understand each other. And we hope today's episode really illustrated that for you. Uh, Lauren, any final thoughts? I'm just grateful for Lindsay and for the courage that she showed today and shows every day. You know, it's not easy. Like I said at the top of the hour, you know, here I have a cold or whatever it is, and I'm just a baby. I cannot imagine dealing with this every single day. Um, and I was watching the screen and she was all smiles, you know. So, you know, God doesn't give us what we can't handle. And, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. He just makes it interesting. So, um, Lindsay Alma was definitely proof of that today, and I'm grateful to her. Yeah. Well, I am grateful for you because Lauren contacted me at like 7 o'clock this morning. Normally, he's up well before that at the gym because he has a TV show, Bathroom Moments, that normally airs, I think it's 8 a.m. Central Time. And when he says hey, I'm not feeling well, I'm going to have to cancel today. Um, a therapy moment kicked in for me. Um, one of the biggest reasons why I elected to go into therapy is because I, I have a strong militant background. And to me, I have to, <clears throat> and I'm working through this, to really understand the humanity aspects of things and not just completing the mission. Right. Some people might call it cold hearted. Some people might call it like, you know, non empathetic, that sort of thing. Um, but the truth is, is I reached out to Lauren and I said, hey, you know, you're the other half of the diversity duo. Can you just run production for the show and I will carry the interview if need be? And lo and behold, through having it coming out both ends, obviously you heard his voice today. Um, he still showed up. And I think that there's something to be said about that level and value of integrity. So on that note, I challenge you to live your life in integrity like Lindsay does, no matter what, like Lauren does, no matter what. And we will absolutely see you next time. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels-Harris, the heartbeat in relationship conversations.